0: welcome to the third city christian church podcast this week's message is what do you want recorded sunday january 2nd 2022 if you have a story about how god is working in your life please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org now here's parker with today's message i think i finally made it and you guys can tell me if this is true as a parent or as an adult that this was the first New Year's Eve, I had zero desire to stay up until midnight. Is that a a checkpoint? Like, did I make it? Okay, nodding heads, I'm there, okay. Yeah, I went to bed at nine, because I knew Rosalind was gonna be up at six, no matter how much fun I wanted to have. You know what I'm saying? So, New Year's, Happy New Year's. New Year's resolutions, how they going for you? Day two, you feeling good? Feeling good. Okay, anybody mess it up already? A few, a few nodding heads, okay. Yeah, like you forgot to do it, or you ate the wrong thing, or whatever, yeah. Maybe, hey, you'll get to it next year. You know, you'll get to it, next. we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Jane and I, our first like three or four years of marriage, did this thing called Whole 30. Have you ever heard of this racket? Anybody heard of that? Okay, a few of you. Yeah, so it's basically a thing where for a month you eat peas and carrots, so you feel nice right? Whole30 is more like whole angry. And so anybody, anybody in here doing Whole30 by chance? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, you're my people. Stick with it. Um, next week, don't be around those people because the, the sugar crash happens and they all turn into badgers. And then the week after that's supposed to be tiger blood. You feel like a superhero or something. Tell me what that feels like because I never got there. So tell me what it feels like, Whole30, whatever it is. I do love the spirit, you know, about New Year's resolutions. I love the idea of like surveying life, looking at it and saying, okay, if I were to take a swing at one thing, like changing one thing in my life, what would it be? My boy Socrates says the unexamined life is not worth living. I love this attitude that it takes to go, okay, I have to humble myself, what would it be? I love the reality check that it requires. But why is it that so often New Year's resolutions are like a path to defeat rather than victory? Or, you know, like we hope that there's some long-term change, but we do something. We go super hard in the paint for like a month or a year. And then in 2023, we're like, cool, you know, like now what, what's my next thing? So I have an idea, and it's kind of a challenge today, that maybe our New Year's resolutions are too small. You know, maybe, maybe our New Year's resolutions don't actually really have anything to do with what we really want. They're too small. Like, let's say you wanted to do an entire food overhaul this year, but your New Year's resolution was just no french fries. I love the idea of setting the bar low, make sure you get over it. You know what I mean? But it also conveniently leaves the entire menu at Cheesecake Factory open to you, doesn't it? <laughs> just completely open. And I d- hey, I did check. They do have French fries, and so you are limited there. You will feel limited. But luckily, you have 39 other pages to choose from at the Cheesecake Factory. And if you do want to look ahead, you can go to their website, where their menu is so large they actually have a web browser built into the web page so that you can browse their menu. Shout out to today's sponsor, Cheesecake Factory. Find out more at CheesecakeFactory.com menu. <laughs> yes! I've been watching too many YouTube videos with like sponsored things in it. You know what I mean? Where I'm learning how to do a coffee pour over and they slide that in there. I told Kelly, I was like, Hey, I want this slide in there. She goes, you serious? I go, this joke will kill. So (laughs) thanks for for proving me right on that. Maybe our new year's resolutions are just too small. You know, they're, they're not what we really want. So how do we figure out what we really want? That's kind of the trick. I learned this from a guy at C.I.Y., the summer camps we go to. They do breakout sessions in the afternoon, not only for students, but for youth ministers too, so that we could all grow. And this guy's been doing student ministry for, I, he's old, okay? But with age comes experience. And with experience comes wisdom. And so I leaned in pretty heavy on this. And he has a gig where he's a court-ordered youth minister. Apparently that's still a thing in the South, like boom, you have to go meet with a youth minister. And so he'll be sitting in these court-ordered meetings with a student for an hour. And he usually like starts them with this. He says, hey, listen, we both have to be here. Neither of us really want to be here. I want to be with my family. I'd rather be there. You'd rather be playing video games. We just have to be here for an hour. You don't have to say anything. And then he just like scooched back. And you know how uncomfortable silence is. He said, rarely, rarely. Remember, this isn't your own kids. I'm guessing your kids could be silent for an hour in that scenario. He said, rarely. Does a student make it for more than 10 minutes? And they start talking. They talk about football. They talk about sports. They talk about school, video games, whatever. But then he always wants to get to this question at some point within the hour. He wants to say, what do you want? And the student usually goes, cheeseburger I don't know and I'll go no what do you really want what do you want and I'll try to go like four or five layers deep into that and he said the scenario typically like play out like this he'll ask the first time and they'll say something like super surface level like I don't want to go to school anymore well what do you want that for because I don't want to be around those people anymore I don't I want to be bullied I don't want to get in trouble anymore Okay, well, what do you want that for? I guess I wanna be around people who like me. What do you want that for? I want friends. What do you want that for? I don't wanna be alone anymore. I wanna feel like someone wants to be around me. Bingo. He said, almost always. Sands the student wanting something evil in life, almost always. What they want is something deeply biblical, powerfully something God offers them and is a result of a life of following Jesus, like a byproduct. If you're following Jesus, this is something you get out of life. Pretty powerful. And so who would I be if I didn't share my results of me running this experiment in my own life? I'm going to ask you to do something I got to lead the way so if you were to ask Parker Parker what do you want I would go hey hey, I'm not telling you it's pretty it's actually kind of ugly I want money I want more money for sure didn't grow up with a lot of it well what do you want that for I want security I don't want to worry anymore I know this is a lie. I know that money doesn't solve any of your problems. In fact, it might make them greater. This is a lie I believe in my life. Well, what do you want security for? I Listen, I just want to, with zero inhibitions, be with my family, my friends, and my church. And that's all kind of synonymous. I just don't want to worry about anything. I just want to fully experience those people. Well, Why do you want that? I want to be loved and I want to be loved. Like, I just want to love people. Bingo. Deeply biblical. Powerfully something God offers me. 1000% a byproduct of following Jesus, you see. Maybe try this today after church, see what happens. Try to go like four or five layers deep, get past the surface level stuff and see what you actually want. Maybe write it down. And it's okay if it's ugly. Like, just be honest with yourself. If you're not honest, it's a waste of your time. Give it a shot. Maybe our resolutions just are too small. And what we actually want in life is just so much richer, so much like bigger and deeper and more informative and transformative to our lives if we could uncover it, you know? Now, I want to show you my cards for the rest of our conversation, and it's this. It's this idea. I believe what we truly want is found in the end product of living a life that mirrors the life of Jesus. I truly believe that our deepest desires in life will come out of a life that is lived as if we're following Jesus. You notice, to know what he said, what he did how he lived, and then applying that to our own lives and then like reaping the fruit and the benefit of that like we see in his life, joy, love, peace, forbearance, like long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, grace, purpose, meaning, value, self-control, whatever it is. It's there. That's where we find it. And here's the problem, though. As any good greased-hair YouTuber finance bro would tell you, like the ones before you can skip the ad that are like bench pressing on their Bugatti, you know, they're like, oh, oh, you want to be like me? You know, uh, they would tell you this, your system's perfectly designed to get you the results you're getting. Sign up for my class, you know? Okay, so that was a, that's either a, a YouTube finance bro or that was the Edwards Deming Institute. I couldn't track it down. I don't know where that originated. It could be the finance bros. It could be. And they're right. They're really right. You know, that's good leadership. That's good entrepreneurial insight. So let's take that and let's apply that to our souls. Because here's the other truth of that. Your lifestyle is perfectly designed to get you the life that you're getting. Your lifestyle is perfectly designed to get you the life that you're getting. And so here's a recap. I think what we really want comes from the results of following Jesus, living a life that looks like Jesus. I was listening to a podcast that quoted a Barna group study, and they said, of the percentage of Americans who claim Christianity, which is hovering around 65 70% still, which is kind of surprising, right? 10% of that actually have implemented practices that would reflect following Jesus. And that doesn't surprise any of us, does it? It really doesn't surprise you. It doesn't surprise me. And I'm looking at that going, I don't even know if I'd make the 10%. And then it follows. So change the design of your lifestyle, you get different results. You get a different life. It's a better, richer resolution. It's something new. So how do we get there without feeling so overwhelmed that we don't even start? It's just like in psychology where you create grooves in your mind, where you do these processes so background that you don't even have to think about the process before it happens. Think about riding a bike, you practice that, you practice that, and then all of a sudden you just ride a bike. Think about your drive to work, you practiced going that way, you practiced going that way, you don't even have to think about it. You just go. These are all thoughts and paths that you've practiced I have this running theory that I'm like actually experimenting with in my life that you can do the same exact thing with your soul. And the the issue here is not that we don't have grooves, it's that we do. We already have grooves in our soul that we got to get out of and then we got to make new ones. We automatically get angry. We automatically judge people. We automatically get jealous. We automatically don't trust anybody we automatically get anxious or worried. Those are grooves that we've practiced and we've installed into our soul. So what I wanna show you is that it's all about what we fix our attention on, and that's it. It's all about what we fix our attention on. Here's John chapter 14. This is Jesus talking to his best friends. They've been walking with him, hanging out with him for the last three years, watching the way that he talks to people, the way he treats people, what he does, how he lives. And he's about to go to the cross. And he's about to die, be resurrected, and then ascend to heaven. And he's trying to explain this to what would be teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like, try to explain that to your teenager, okay? And so he's, like, trying to find a way to go, all right, boys, uh, here's how it goes. Here's how it's going to go. All right, my best friends, here how's, here's how it's going to go. And the first thing he says is, don't let your hearts be troubled. Like, who needs to hear that today? I need to hear that today. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? You have a seat at the table, you understand? And even more, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you with me so that you can be where I am. Not only do you have a place, He wants you there. He wants you to follow him there. And he goes, you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas asks the question that we all wish we had the guts to ask in that, que- in that situation, but didn't. He goes, what are you talking about? I've been following you for three years, and you are like the most ambiguous, like hard to follow person. in the. What do you mean? Give me a map. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the map. I am the map. I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. I really wanted to say it and I knew I couldn't finish it because you would just think it. So we just said it together. I'm the way, I'm the truth. I'm the life that you're looking for, I'm the path. No one comes to the Father except through me and if you really know me, you know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him because you've seen me. And I, I was thinking about this this morning I usually talk to uh, students, middle school, high school. I don't think it's only them that when they pray, that they try to imagine God, you know, and it's kind of like this Santa Claus without the red suit floating on a cloud and you're like, okay, okay, God, okay, God. Or you're more Carl Sagan, you know, and you go out into the universe and there's just this orb of an enigma that like burps out toots and that's God, you know, like out there somewhere. But Jesus is saying, you don't have to do that anymore. Look at me. And you see everything about God, how he treats people, how he loves people, what he would talk like, what he would act like, what he he would do if someone disagreed with him. You don't have to wonder anymore. He is the way. He is the truth. He's the path. What if, what if we practiced following that way? It seems super complicated, but if we've learned anything about how the richest people on the planet make their money now, it's not even necessarily getting you to do something all at once. It's not even necessarily buying something anymore. It's they get you to pay attention to something. And a lot of experts in the field will say, we're not predominantly in a goods services based economy anymore. We're in an attention economy. Attention trumps all. If I can get you to look over here, I win. OK, so if that's true, let's apply that to our own situation and benefit from it. So here's why Hebrews, and this, this verse I'm going to show you, is so vital To this morning, it's like the core of this message. That's why I put it here. And it's so important for us moving forward so important for a better resolution. This Hebrews chapter two, verse one. says, we must pay the most careful attention. The most careful attention, therefore. Talking about the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, what he did, how he prayed, what he lived like, everything about Jesus, so that we don't drift. And I don't need to tell you what makes you drift. It's simply what you pay more attention to than Jesus. That's all, that's it. It really is that simple. Like for me, I'm thinking of what makes me drift. Honestly, it's my own fears. It's like scenarios I have in my head and I I pay more attention to those than I do to Jesus and what he tells me. I don't know what yours is. But whatever our attention goes towards, we'll always head towards that thing, that person, that place. This is Matthew chapter six. This is Jesus saying, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be saying, like, hey, you're going to put your attention on your treasure. Whatever's your big deal in your life, you're going to find yourself there. It really is that simple about where we fix our attention. Wherever our attention goes towards, we'll head that way. I think it was Travis Pastrana. I don't remember. I used to watch a lot of X Games, okay? And so he is being interviewed and being asked, how in the world are you the best moto racer on the face of planet? and specifically motocross, like dirt bike racing, when he was talking about this. And he said, in racing, you can never pay attention to where you're at on the track, ever. You have to pay attention to where you're headed. The second you take your eyes off of where you're headed is when you get weird, and you run into other racers and wipe out. Wise words from a wise man. Travis Pastrana, maybe. I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) I can't remember. I think I was like sixth grade, so... Wayne Gretzky, though, nailed this one. Uh, definitely Wayne Gretzky. I skate to where the puck is going. Great hockey player. Uh, now to where it's been. You get the point. What if a deep transformative change came to you by something just as simple as paying attention to something or someone more than the other things that you pay attention to? And that's really all it takes. How could life be different? And could you finally, like, start to like feel and experience the things that you actually want in life peace joy patience whatever it is it was like two years ago no no no. so sorry it was like a year two years into following jesus it was like back in college and it came up in a conversation. We were talking about martyrs and people who are dying for their faith. And I was like running that scenario in my head. That's, I don't know if you guys are like that. Like every thought is a scenario. Like I, I could create a play out of one. Okay, so I'm running this scenario in my head and I'm like, yeah, if I was in that situation, i believe. Yeah, I'd choose Jesus. And I was like patting myself on the back and I was like, yeah, let's go. And then the next thought really rattled me. And it might have been, might have been God showing me what was next in my life. Because I imagine this scenario, of someone going, hey, would you die for Jesus? And me going, yeah, totally. And that person going, cool. What did he say? Like, what did he teach? What, were the, what was the stories that he told? What did he talk about the most? <laughs> you ever heard of the golden rule, man? <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I'd tell you a few things I learned in Sunday school. But at that point in my life, I didn't remember if it was Joseph or Moses who built the ark. That's just good church humor there. That's good church humor. It was neither of those. Thought I'd tell you. You know, like I, I had a few bits of sermons that I've heard, like other people's word for it type thing. But I had done nothing in my own personal life to familiarize myself with the guy I say I die for. Where else do I do that in my life? Where else would you act like that in your life? Like if you if I if I said hey could you tell me about your favorite athlete or your favorite artist or your favorite superhero you could rattle off for thirty minutes stats songs backstories well what about the guy who you say changed your entire life and you devote your whole life for and that you follow and you wear the necklace and you put it on your info and all this other stuff like do you you know what I mean? And it's no wonder that we get confused on how to follow Jesus. You see, that's my point. It's not to shame you. It's just to say it makes sense why you're confused about what's next. Like I still, in conversations with parents um, or even students, I'm talking to them about what's next in their faith, like next steps. They come to church. They like it. They're even serving a little bit. They wear an element shirt. They wear a Love Unlimited shirt. It's good. But they feel stuck. And God wants to take them to the next part of their journey, but they don't know what to do. And this is my first thing. Every time I go, hey, maybe just get to know the guy you say you follow. Like, because if I ask you, and I I say, this isn't to shame you, but if I ask you, like, what are three things he taught? You know, do you even know? And, and And it's not to shame. It's literally to just go, you just don't know. And that's okay. And then you, like, to say, get to know that guy you say you follow. Like, look at what he did, what he said, how he lived. And that'll give you plenty of direction on how your life should go, on what that should look like. And that was a big moment for me to realize this. And maybe it's a big moment for you, like, maybe you're there today. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Maybe this just helps you know what your next step is. So here's the deal. It's not necessarily even just about more head knowledge It's about who you're becoming. Because we're all practicing becoming someone, you know? Whether it's your favorite Instagram account, your favorite news host, your favorite athlete, your favorite whatever, you are a combination of your closest five friends. We like to think we are original, our original, Ah, man, everything's a remix, you know? There's nothing new under the sun besides one. And that's the way, the truth, and the life. And this was a prophecy about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 43. See, I'm doing a new thing. This is God talking. I'm doing something brand new in Jesus. And it springs up, don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. Maybe your life feels like a wilderness right now, just chaos just down branches and no paths, stuck. I know the feeling. Knowing the way would be useful. Knowing that there is a path would be helpful. Putting streams in the wasteland. Maybe your, fa- your, your wife just feels like a wasteland right now, like a scene out of Book of Eli, you know? And all you need is just some water. Like I've gotten to that point this last year of like, I just need a drink, (laughs) you know, spiritually. What if we practiced living like, following the most refreshing, original, inspiring person that has ever been known and we just put our attention there first. Let's not complicate it. We just put our eyes there first. Just fix our eyes on him. And I'll tell you the truth, this is all just an introduction. Not, not to this sermon, I'm not that evil, <laughs> I'm not that mean to you, I follow Jesus who calls me to be kind, but to the rest of the year, you heard Dan say that we're going to be going through the book of Mark, and the whole reason of that is to look at the way Jesus lived, what he did, what he said, how he treated people, how he treated people that disagreed with him, and how he loved And like I said, not just for more head knowledge, but also for application, so that we too could have a life where we get what our soul is truly longing for, a better resolution. And Jesus entered our world, your world, to wipe the record clean, to give you a fresh start, and so that old could pass away. When he went to the cross, and he took on the sins of the world, your sin, past, present, future. He died for those and then he rose from the dead to show that he had the keys and the power over all of it and then said, I can give you new life. Powerful, powerful truth. That's why we take communion every week is we remember this. We remember the moment that this was true for us and we, re, we evaluate, like, where am I at in following Jesus? Like, what's making me drift? And maybe you've never taken communion. Maybe that's just weird to you. I, I understand. But at the same time, this is what it's all about, is looking at Jesus and going, oh, I see. Oh, I see he gave everything so that I could have a new life and a new start, that my past doesn't have to follow me into the future. That is worth Remembering. Happy New Year. This is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old is gone. The new is here. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. We turn our attention to Jesus. And we let him do all the hard work and heavy lifting in our lives of changing us from the inside out. We just fix our attention on him and say, Jesus, whatever's next, I'm with you. Just show me where you want me to go. And then we reap the blessing and the benefit and the gifts of the byproducts of a life following Jesus, refreshing for our souls. I'm gonna pray, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for what you're teaching me. Thank you for what you're teaching our church. God, if our church is known for one thing, I pray that it's for a bunch of people who follow Jesus. Follow Jesus first. Put our attention on Jesus first. For the person in the room that doesn't know about following you, if it's worth it, speak to them. For the person that's been following you for 50, 60 years and is burnt out and is tired. Remind them that, that you're still just as good as you once were when you when they met you. You're still that same God. So as we take communion, Let us remember that new start you gave us and recalibrate our compass towards you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. So really, if I were to break it down, just try turning your attention to Jesus. Just see what happens. Here's two things. One, try that whole what you want thing today. Just experiment with it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just give it a shot. Like, see if you can get four or five levels down. Maybe write it down if you need to. Like I said, if it's ugly, that's okay. It's between you and God. I just had to share mine with, you know, a thousand people. So, feel bad for me, I guess. Um, So, give it a shot. Like, see what happens, what comes of that. And then maybe you'll realize the stuff that you're actually after isn't what you're actually after. And maybe that'll give you some peace in your heart, give you some clarity. And then the second is, I want you to think about this next year, as we go through Mark, as we look at the life of Jesus, and even if you're not with us, if you're just in town visiting, maybe consider one way this year that you can turn your attention to Jesus instead of having your attention on something else and just see what happens. Like, I love this idea of just following Jesus and then see what pops up out of life because that's like all I can handle. That's all I can do. I've time and time again, and even recently, once again gotten to the end of me where I just can't do anything anymore out of my own strength. And so I'm really into this. Like I'm, I'm really trying it along with you to figure out how we can pay attention to Jesus and actually live as if we're following him because it sounds like that's better. So just remember, it's, it's all about your attention and see what God does. Maybe he'll turn something around in your life. Maybe he'll take something that you thought was dead. Maybe it's your faith. Right? Like maybe you've been following Jesus or a Christian for 40 years or whatever. And it's just like, man, I'm ready for something new. Maybe he'll turn that grave into a garden. Maybe he'll switch something around and play it completely different. And all of a sudden your world will just explode in faithfulness. And just being like, I don't care what the world thinks of me anymore. I just don't care anymore. I'm following Jesus. Give it a shot. Uh, try those two, that, those two things. Uh, make that list. See if you can get to four or five figure out how you can pay attention to Jesus just a little bit more this year. Give it a shot. See how it goes. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 1015, or eleven thirty a.m. in Grand Island and at ten fifteen a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.